What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner. Back again to talk North Carolina basketball. The Tar Heels coming off a win over Georgia Tech in Atlanta on Tuesday night. And got another game coming up this Saturday against Louisville. So, guys, a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of Carolina basketball. Um, a lot of things to, to touch on. I know coming into this week, it's been pretty quiet. Carolina had like an eight-day break um, in between games, that Virginia Tech game, which they showed up and played really, really well in. And probably a lot of the Carolina players would have liked to have played sooner after that game based on how well they played. But, you know, Carolina responded well after that long layoff, which I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit worried about. You know, that long layoff can kind of cut your rhythm out a little bit and kind of mess things up for you at times, but that wasn't the case. And North Carolina got a really comfortable win um, down in Atlanta over Georgia Tech, 77-54. to Now, guys, I, I, I unfortunately didn't get to watch this game. Um, for those of, of you that follow me on Twitter, I was actually covering the NC State UVA game Big top 25 matchup at PNC Arena. UVA ended up winning that game in overtime, 66-65. to Markel Johnson uh, for NC State, probably their best player. Got fouled on a three. The game was 66-63. Kyle Guy just hit a, a go-ahead three-pointer to put UVA up by three. And uh, Markel Johnson ended up missing his first free throw and making his next two, which is not what he needed to do. He needed to make all three or make the first two and miss the last one to, for a chance to maybe have a tip-in. So uh, NC State ended up losing that game 66-65. to Fun game to go to. Um, PNC, PNC Arena was rocking as usual. Um, two good teams. Not the prettiest or most entertaining game of basketball by any means. Certainly not as entertaining as what I've seen in these highlights of North Carolina's win at Georgia Tech. But, um, yeah, that's really what we're going to be talking about today. I just wanted to come on here real quick. Like I say, I want to get a pot out at least once a week. I usually get these out on Fridays, but today instead we're going to get this one out on Thursday and talk a little bit of UNC basketball, review the Georgia Tech game, and preview the game against what is a really good Louisville team. Boy, where did they come from? First in the AC, tied for first in the ACC, seven and one, uh, 16 and five overall. Whooped up on Carolina at the Smith Center, which I'm sure we all remember. And now North Carolina's got to travel down there again or not travel down there again, but has to face Louisville again, uh, this time on the road on Saturday at 2 p.m. So, guys, it's going to be an entertaining game. I, I'm really looking forward to that North Carolina-Louisville game. But before we touch on that one, let's go ahead and turn our attention and review this North Carolina win over Georgia Tech at McCaskill Pavilion. Guys, so let's go ahead and jump into that. Like I mentioned, Carolina 77-54. to 54. Over the Yellow Jackets, North Carolina sitting at the number nine team in the country right now. That win brought the Tar Heels to 16-4 overall, 6-1 and in the ACC. Uh, currently right now tied for second in the ACC. Georgia Tech um, dropped to 11-10 and and 3-5 and in conference play. Cam Johnson finished the game off with 22 points, 8-for-10 shooting from the field. Really good game from Cam Johnson. Um, like I say, guys, say it every podcast, but be sure to follow me on Twitter at Jacob Turner, THI, at Carolina Talk Pod as well. Uh, for all the latest Carolina coverage updates, you know, inside access from 
um, press conferences, games, behind the scenes kind of stuff. So be sure to follow me over there. I actually tweeted this out yesterday, but Cam Johnson, that game against Georgia Tech, means he's finished with 20-plus points for the sixth time this season and ninth time in his UNC career. And for I'm sure most of y'all know listening, uh, Cam Johnson spent his first three years of eligibility at Pittsburgh playing basketball. And in his first three seasons in Pennsylvania, Johnson only managed to score at least 20 points five times. So in two years, not even one and a half years, Johnson has surpassed that 20-plus point mark by four games already. So Cam Johnson has been, I always say, he's not Carolina's best player in my opinion. He's not Carolina's best basketball player. That's Kobe White for me. I think Kobe White is Carolina's alpha dog. He's kind of not their leader because he was a freshman, but the way he plays is kind of is a, is a way of leading, if, if you guys know what I'm saying. Sometimes there's, there's a couple ways to be a leader in sports, and one can be that vocal guy, and one can also be a guy who leads by example in the way he plays, with the energy he plays with, with how hard he plays, and, and with how good he is. And I think Kobe White is that. You know, he's, he's a quiet guy in general. Um, as if he continues to stay at North Carolina, who knows what will happen over the next few years because he will definitely have the potential to go into the NBA after this season. But if he can stay in for the next few years, he's going to be one of Carolina's best point guards of all time, and there's no doubt about that. He's already Carolina's best freshman point guard. You know, Kobe White against Georgia Tech had 19 points, I believe. Yeah, 19 points um, on 7 for 13 shooting, 5 for 9 from the three-point line, three rebounds, eight assists, only two turnovers. One steal. I mean, that's a great game from Kobe White. You can't ask for any more than that from your freshman point guard. But the only thing is, you don't have to ask for it. Kobe White's going to give you more than you need sometimes. I mean, think of the Texas game. Carolina lost that game. Kobe White dropped like, what, 30-plus points? I think it was like 30 points. And he's had some big performances this year. You know, Virginia Tech, uh, just over a week ago, you know, Kobe White comes out in that game, finishes with 27 I mean, guys, Kobe White has been great this year, and he continues to get better and better. And the biggest thing for me is that eight assists and only a single turnover. I mean, guys, that is huge. If Kobe White can continue to do that, or excuse me, two turnovers, if Kobe White can continue to do that, he's going to be so much better because we already know he's an elite scorer. That's never been in question. I mean, he's he was an elite scorer in high school. He's a leading scorer in North Carolina high school uh, prep basketball history for a reason. And he's coming in. He, some people probably thought he was going to come in here and struggle, and he has a few games this year. But his biggest struggle has not been scoring the ball. It's been not, it's been not turning the ball over. And he's continuing to do that. He's continuing to get better at that. And if you can get you know eight assists and, and two turnovers from Kobe White every night, I mean, this team is just going to continue to get better and better. And Kobe White's just going to continue to get better and better as well. So really good game for Kobe White. Actually played the most minutes on the team with 31. So really good performance from what I've seen from Kobe White. Like I said, I didn't get get to watch the whole game, but from the highlights and condensed game highlights that I did see, thought Kobe White had a really, really nice game, him and Cam Johnson especially. Kenny Williams, pretty quiet game from Kenny. You know, it's only 20 minutes. That's pretty low for, I think he averaged 27 minutes, so that's seven um, lower than what he usually gets. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he didn't really play very well. He was had a few really poor turnovers from what I've seen, but 20 minutes, one for five from the field, that's not good enough. Um, only two, uh, three rebounds, excuse me, only three assists and three turnovers. So not a good game from Kenny Williams, especially when you add only five points to that as well. So a game to forget for Kenny Williams. But I mean, if you look at the other starters as well, Garrison Brooks, three points, uh, one block, two steals, nine rebounds, not bad, but the three points, you need more from Garrison Brooks than that, especially in 26 minutes. And then Luke May, probably the most surprising stat line of the night. 
26 minutes, four points, two of nine from the field. He did have nine rebounds, which was good, uh, but five turnovers for Luke May. And that's just amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that Roy didn't treat Luke kind of like he treated Kenny and only play him like 20 minutes. I mean, Luke still played 26 minutes, which is a lot for a guy that has five turnovers and only nine rebounds really to show for it. So, I mean, good work on the glass, Luke, but um, got to cut down on those turnovers. And the Carolina definitely needs a little bit more production from May, especially against a team like Georgia Tech, who, who really isn't very good, is, is a bottom dweller in the ACC right now. So um, Luke May, game to forget. And if you look at, I mean, look at the five starters. Luke May, Garrison Brooks, and Kenny Williams only combined for 12 points, guys. 12 points, and that's unbelievable. Cam Johnson and, and Kobe White, on the other hand, though, I mean, they come in and, and, and combine for, for 41 points. So, I mean, guys, that's where Carolina's production really, really came from, was from those two guys. And they definitely needed it because you look at the bench, the bench didn't give much production either. Nazir Little had nine points, uh, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, one turnover. Uh, so not a bad game from Nazir, but you want to see more than nine points. He did play 22 minutes, so he played more than Kenny Williams, uh, more than Brandon Robinson. So he, he had a, a good game, and, and coaches, you can see how Coach Williams is, is continuing to trust him more. But you want to see Nazir score than, more than nine points, maybe play more like he did against Virginia Tech. But, I mean, against Georgia Tech, 23-point win. They didn't necessarily need it. Brandon Robinson had a good game as well. Uh, 18 minutes, 3 or 4 from the field, 7 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, um, 1 turnover, which you obviously don't want to see him in Carolina finish with 15 turnovers. Got to cut down on that. But Brandon Robinson had another good game playing at home. He's from the Atlanta area, uh, just outside of Atlanta. So good game for Brandon Robinson. He seems to be continuing to get more confident as he goes on, especially over these past few games. And that's a really good sign for North Carolina because Brandon Roberts is a guy that can come off the bench, um, you know, give some guys some rest, but also come in and not hurt the team. He's going to come in and put, you know, up good production, put up good minutes. And if he can just come in and score, you know, seven points, get a few rebounds, a couple assists, play good defense. That's really good for North Carolina. So good game for Brandon Robinson. Seventh Woods only played eight minutes in the game. Not much to talk about. I know he had that really nice dunk on the other end of the court from a big play on that one. But Seventh Woods, eight minutes, one from one from the field, which was that dunk. So he finished with two points, one assist, one rebound. Uh, no turnovers, which is nice. One steal as well. But need more production from Seventh Woods there. That's nothing to brag about from a junior especially. Uh, Leaky Black. Ended up spraining his ankle is what people are saying. I mean, that's what it looked like. Sometimes those things can be um, worse than they look, and sometimes they can be better than they look. You know, ankle sprains, they hurt. Twisting the ankle hurts, especially the way Leaky Black landed on it. So the fact that he wasn't putting any weight on it coming off the court, I don't think you should judge too much off of that. Don't look too much into that. I'm not saying it could be that bad of an injury. It definitely could be. But you know, like I said, ankle sprains really hurt. Twisting the ankle really hurts. You don't want to put any pressure on it to mess it up even more. And it's disappointing to see. I think Leaky Black's a guy that's getting better. He's a guy that gives Carolina some good minutes. Doesn't do a lot. Doesn't necessarily give you a lot of production. But the thing that Leaky does, he doesn't come in and mess up. You know, he'll get you a steal here and there. He'll get you a couple of nice assists. He'll grab you some rebounds. He'll even score a couple points for you. Maybe hit a three like he did against Virginia Tech. That's the one that sticks in my memory. Um, when that Carolina made that big run in the first half. But Leaky Black, for that injury, played seven minutes, had two points, one assist, one steal. So that's not bad. He's doing little things that you need. He, he, he's coming in there and giving you something. He's not giving you anything negative. He's not giving you any turnovers. He, he's playing good defense. He's a matchup problem for a lot of guys. 
So Leaky Black, hopefully he's fine. That would be another unfortunate loss, especially with Sterling Manley and nobody really sure when he's going to play again. I think, I want to say Roy came out early this week. I can't remember if it was radio show or what, but I remember seeing something about him saying that Manley's supposed to start practicing or at least start doing something with the team here soon. So that's good news for North Carolina. It'd be nice to get him back and have another body down low and a fresh body as well because, you know, Manley hasn't played uh, in what, I think eight or nine games now. The only bad thing about that is he probably hasn't done much of anything, especially running-wise, conditioning-wise. And, you know, if we remember last year, Sterling Manley was a guy that really, really struggled with conditioning. So that could come back to haunt him a little bit. And it might be one of those things where, yeah, he comes back and doesn't give you much because he really doesn't have much in the tank. You know, missing nine or ten games in the season is not easy to do, especially during the middle of it. Uh, And coming back in ACC play is not going to be easy, especially when the next two games are Louisville on the road top 20 team and then at home to NC State who's a top 25 team right now probably won't be a top 25 team for much longer after that loss to Virginia they were sitting at 23 wouldn't be surprised to see them get knocked out Uh, they do play Virginia Tech this weekend on Saturday at PNC Arena as well so that'll be a fun matchup to watch and maybe Virginia Tech can go in there sitting at number 12 in the country right now and beat NC State and really knock them out of the top 25 it'll be interesting to see though State's a team that I know I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a, a side note right here, but since State's coming up in a couple games, State's a team that doesn't have a lot of height. They're not a team that really scares me, especially seeing them against Virginia. I thought they played well. Got really lucky against Clemson. Great shot by Braxton Beverly last week to win that game. But from what I've seen from State, I think Louisville, which we're about to touch on here in a second, is more of a threat than at home in Chapel Hill to NC State. I know it's a air quotes rivalry game people like to say it some people like to say it's not a rivalry game some people like to say it is from the interaction I've seen from Carolina fans I can pretty safely say that pretty much every Carolina fan I run into absolutely hates state and they will let you know on Twitter as soon as they see any negative tweet about them bam they're all over it which I'm not necessarily a huge fan of because I don't really get into all that you know what with my profession and what I do um, I, I don't care if I grew up a Carolina fan or what. I'm going to remain neutral no matter what. And that's just how I do my job, and that's how I'm supposed to do my job. So I do think Louisville is a little bit more of a threat than NC State. And, and like I said, we're going to dive into this Louisville preview because they're a team that scares me, especially with not only how well they're playing right now, but how they just whooped up on Carolina. I mean, they they whooped Carolina's butt, for lack of a better word, in Chapel Hill. That was a butt whooping. No way around it, and hopefully Carolina will come out motivated and have a little revenge on their mind. Revenge is a very, very powerful thing, especially in sports, but it's on the road at Louisville. That place is going to be rocking nonetheless. So 77-54 victory over the Yellow Jackets. North Carolina shot 47.5% from the field. Lowest free throw percentage total of the season, actually. 54.5% from the line, only 6 of 11. Needs to be Need to be better from there. Got to shoot better than 54% from the line, especially... Um, as Carolina gets later into the season and continues to play even better teams in, in ACC tournament play and the NCAA tournament, whatever it may be, they're going to have to shoot better from the free throw line there. That was surprising to see. 48%, like I mentioned, from the three-point line. Georgia Tech, if you look at them real quick before we move on, didn't do much. 35% shooting from the field, only shot 13%, 12.5 from three-point live, and only two of 16. Uh, did shoot pretty well from, from the free throw line, 76.9%, 10 of 13 from the charity strike. But not really a lot to talk about with Georgia Tech. They've got five guys, their starters who play 
30 plus minutes or at least 26 minutes all five of them guys did a few of them played 35 minutes 37 minutes so they got five guys who are their real core of the team and then if you look at their bench they've only got three guys that are playing over 10 minutes of action and the two other guys that came in played three minutes apiece so Georgia Tech not a very deep team not a super super talented team but I mean give credit to North Carolina it's not an easy place to go down to and what we saw from Georgia Tech in Cameron Indoor Stadium against Duke what last weekend was a little bit of a scare and I thought you know going into the Georgia Tech game maybe Carolina would struggle down there if Georgia Tech could find a way to play like they did against Duke uh, especially with their suffocating defense but just wasn't the case Carolina was in control of this game pretty much from the off and came up with that big victory on the road against the Yellow Jackets so guys let's go ahead and move on to the Louisville preview, North Carolina travels to Kentucky on Saturday at 2 p.m. Game's going to be televised on ESPN, and they're facing a 15th-ranked team, like we've mentioned earlier in this podcast. You know, a Louisville team that whooped up on Carolina earlier this year, a Louisville team that right now is favored to beat North Carolina in Kentucky, a Louisville team that, that's got a new coach, a Louisville team that is is just doing things that a not a lot of people thought they would be. This is a big game. Louisville currently tied with Duke and Virginia for first place in the ACC. Carolina's played one less game. Uh, so Louisville, Duke, and Virginia are sitting at 7-1, while North Carolina's sitting at 6-1. So North Carolina's played one less game than those three teams. But, you know, if North Carolina goes to Kentucky, loses to Louisville this weekend, that could be dangerous because Louisville right now, at least, is looking like a team that's going to continue to win, that's going to continue to climb up the top of the ACC and, and remain up there. And if North Carolina's got two losses against them, let's say they finish tied at the end of the year, there's that tiebreaker, and North Carolina gets a worse seed in the ACC tournament. But, like I said, this is a really big game. North Carolina needs to win this. I think right now North Carolina will. They'll have revenge on their mind. Like I mentioned earlier, revenge is a very, very powerful thing in sports. And North Carolina was flat out embarrassed. That was Roy Williams' worst ever home loss in Chapel Hill. He's going to have these guys ready to play. And if they if they don't come out ready to play, and we see a similar performance to what we saw against Louisville earlier this year, then a lot of questions need to be asked because this is a game where nobody should have a problem getting up for it. And we've seen it at times, not even just this year, and years past under Roy Williams, sometimes his teams are just outfought. And you can even look at the 2017 season where North Carolina went down to Georgia Tech and was just destroyed by a Georgia Tech team that was not good at all. North Carolina goes on to win the national championship that year, but that was a performance where North Carolina didn't show up. They didn't care that they were getting beat down. They didn't look like they wanted to fight and even be there in the first place. And we've seen that this year against Louisville in Chapel Hill in the Smith Center. Uh, I want to say, when was that? About a month ago, probably now. And North Carolina's definitely moved past that. They haven't lost since that game. They've obviously learned from it. Louisville, at the same time, hasn't lost either, really. They're continuing to be on a roll. They're continuing to do some really nice things. I mean, the ACC sitting at 7-1. and one. So, yeah, Louisville lost. To, started off the ACC play, beat Miami by 17 points, and then lost at Pittsburgh by 3 points. Haven't lost since then. Uh, since then, they've beaten North Carolina 83-62, 21-point loss in Chapel Hill. And then they beat Boston College, Georgia Tech, NC State, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest. Three of those six victories were on the road as well. So they haven't really had too difficult of an ACC schedule. You know, they beat Carolina, which is a good win. They've also beat NC State. But if you look at everything else, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and Pitt, those are some of the worst teams in the ACC. So their schedule gets a lot harder. Their next four games, wow, Louisville has to play North Carolina, obviously, at home. Then they go on the road to face Virginia Tech in Blattsburg. 
Um, that is a t- only two days after the the North Carolina game on Saturday. That's a Monday night game. That's going to be a really tough game um, against the the Hokies, who are really doing well this year, sitting at number twelve in the country. And then they have to go on the road to FSU, and then they play Duke at home. And then the next three games after that, just so we can talk about those, a little bit of a let off with Clemson, who's not doing very good this year, was a top twenty five team to start out, or far from it right now. And they have to go to Syracuse, and then at home to UVA. So their schedule gets a lot harder. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with that. But it all starts this weekend against North Carolina coming in to the KFC Yum Center. It'd be a really fun one to watch. If I had to give a prediction right now, um, I'd probably say Carolina just escapes 82-79, maybe a three-point victory. I don't think it's going to be super, super high scoring. I think North Carolina averaging about 80-some points, 88 points a game. I think they score less than that. Uh, in the 82 range. But real quick, let's go ahead and look at Louisville before we end this podcast, trying to keep this one relatively short. If you look at Louisville's best players, leading score, I'm probably 100% going to botch this. Jordan Nuora, uh, 18.2 points a game, 7.8 rebounds a game, only 1.6 assists, but he's their leading score. He's the guy you really got to be wary of. He's the guy that's going to put up points, who's going to lead this team. I can't remember how much he had earlier this year against North Carolina. Let's take a look. 17 against North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So had a really good performance. Shot 50% from the floor uh, in 24 minutes, 17 points. So really good stat line for him against the Tar Heels. And since that game, listen to this, he scored 32 points the next game, 25, 13, 17, and then 20 at Wake Forest in their most recent matchup, which was actually last night, a game in which Louisville blew out Wake Forest. Um, in Winston-Salem, 82-54. to 54. So Jordan Nawara, hope I'm getting that last name right, is the guy you really have to watch for them in terms of points. Let's go ahead and look at some other guys that could, that really pose some threats for North Carolina or that could really pose some threats from North Carolina. Dwayne Sutton had a good game against Tar Heels earlier this year. He's averaging 10.2 points along with Christian Cunningham. They're both averaging the same amount of points. Uh, Dwayne Sutton's averaging 6.9 rebounds, 2 assists, while Cunningham's averaging 1.9 rebounds and 4.4 assists. And they've, they've got guys that really get it done. Those are the three guys, Nawara, Sutton, and Cunningham. They're playing close to over 30 minutes a game, each of those guys. And then you've got Stephen Enoch, who's averaging 19, excuse me, not 19, 9.7 points a game, 5.3 rebounds. Besides that, he's not doing too, too much else. Um, and then you've got Malik Williams averaging 8 points a game, while Ryan McMahon's averaging 7.7 points. So they've got... You know, three guys averaging in double figures, and then they've got three other guys that are averaging above 7.7 points a game. So that's not bad. You see, they're a team that can score the ball for sure. Um, They're a good rebounding team as well. Got two guys, Nora averaging 7.8, like I mentioned, and Sutton averaging 6.9. So they're going to grab boards, and they've got two other guys in Enoch and Williams who are averaging over five boards a game. They're a really good rebounding team. They really did a great job on the glass. Uh, against North Carolina early, earlier this season. So North Carolina is going to have to be wary of that. But like I said, I think I'm just a big believer in revenge in college basketball. And make no mistakes about it, North Carolina got embarrassed earlier this season. So North Carolina needs to put a, in a bounce back performance against the Cardinals. But that being said, I think North Carolina right now is looking like a really good team. They're on a little bit of a winning streak. Handled Georgia Tech really easily. Uh, before that, got a big win over Virginia Tech like we've mentioned and they're just looking like a team that looks a little bit more confident, that looks more sure of themselves, and they've got guys stepping up, whether it's Nazir Little, Kobe White, uh, Cam Johnson. They've got guys that can pick each other up 
when, you know, like Luke May was against Georgia Tech when he's not having a good game. You got Cameron Johnson, another senior who's going to give you 22 points. So you don't necessarily need Luke against the Yellow Jackets to drop 15 and 10 like he like he has a lot this season. So that's going to do it for me, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on here and listening as always. Hope you enjoyed the Georgia Tech review and Louisville preview. We'll definitely be following that game very, very tightly. Remember, this Saturday on the road at 2 p.m. in Kentucky. Going to be a tough one. It should be a really, really fun one to watch. Thanks, guys. Uh, We'll see you all next time. And like I said, follow us on Twitter at CarolinaTalkPod and at Jacob Turner, THI. Let me begin. I came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. I won't ever slack up.